Hello and welcome to NVSF, New Voices of Science Fiction. We're going to start the show proper in a second, but before we do that, just a couple of pieces of housekeeping to help with your enjoyment of the show. Our show is distributed by Acast, which is a wonderful distribution company. We really love them. Um, And one of the ways in which you can hear the show is on their app. And if you are doing that, that means you'll get all of the links and pictures related to the content that we're talking about today. However, one of the reasons that we're able to do this for free is because of the sponsorship and advertising that... uh, a cast have arranged for us so you may hear some commercials and you may hear some sponsored messages and things like that please by paying with a little bit of your time and attention for those that's what allows us to do the show for free and now that we've got that done um let's go to the show proper it's the new voices of science fiction let's start the show with clive and jules here we go with cyberpunk and steampunk robots and more it's the graphic novels books and movies that you're looking for it's the new voices of science fiction thank you for tuning in okay welcome to mvsf new voices of science fiction uh it's me clive and my brother jules say hello to everyone jules Hello, everyone. Yay. Yay. Kitty pictures. I don't know why. I've got into the habit of saying kitty pictures when I'm happy at the moment. I don't know where... I do know where it came from. It came from some shit commercial. It just, Is I, it? Yeah, I just, yeah. I just thought you might have metamorphosed it or metamorphosized. All that into, changed. Or any of those words mashed together into like a, a Japanese teenage female child. Well, yeah, wouldn't that be a joyful thing? I'm not sure. <laughs> not sure if it would be really. I'm but. not sure. With, I'm not sure. With, I'm not sure whether Jill would be that pleased about it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you, didn't, you went. You went. I'm not sure if she would. Then no, Jill definitely wouldn't like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I like to think about things, you know, before I kind of commit to anything. <laughs> Anyway, welcome, welcome Welcome to the show. So the show is uh, a couple of uh, middle-aged, slacker, dyslexic, uh, media hobos uh, banging on about, well, actually basically trying to play cultural top trumps with each other where, hey, look what I've found. It's, look, oh, you've not heard of that. You must be a wanker. Oh, I can't believe you haven't seen that. <laughs> yeah, no. that we do that for about an hour. We've we've done this for kind of uh, years, uh, just once a you know once a week conversation. Oh, have you seen this? Have you seen that? And we do get very enthusiastic. And it, it is largely on a science fiction, comic book, graphic novel kind of uh, films sort of ish. ish. But you know uh, anything that isn't, we can find ways of proving it probably is science fiction anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, that's the show. So we should probably we should probably do the show then, shouldn't we? Yeah. So the the first bit the first bit is actually a call back to a previous episode where you introduced me to Tempbot on Short of the Week. Short of the Week is a site that shows brilliant shorts, and we tend to I tend to cruise the science fiction and experimental stuff, looking for my um, uh, arty wank short sci-fi short of the week. 
But you found one that you rec recommended to me, which was uh, Neil Blomkamp's um, Tempbot. So yeah, yeah that's the yeah, guy who did, did District 9 and who did Chappie. Mm -hmm. um, and Tempbot is a short film which we think he made as a proof of concept for Chappie. Seems that way. It looks that way. And it's hmm. about a robot who goes in to be a temp in a factory in this very 1970s, 80s style kind of office. So it's got a very kind of like reality TV look around it, apart from the fact that he's a robot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of looks like a train. So when you start watching it, it looks like a training video from the 80s. Yeah. And then it looks like a rip off of the office. Yeah. And then and then there's a robot. And then there's so a robot. Yeah. <laughs> all things are covered, really. So so this is the thing, though. And um, unfortunately, I blew, blew this by talking to you about it before. But so you already know what I'm going to say next is that um, the um, without giving too many spoilers, uh, the robot is staying in a hotel, and in the hotel room next door is a woman who tries to seduce him. And that's mm. that woman is Wonder Woman. It's Linda yeah, Carter, which, which, which I didn't re which I didn't realise is Linda Carter. It's Linda Carter. It's Wonder Woman. It's brilliant. I'm going to go after yeah. after this recording. I'm going to go back and watch it again just for that bit. Yeah. Well, you'll probably find something then, which will then force me to watch again, and we'll be in an endless loop of watching Tempbot. Yeah. Finding more and more obscure references <laughs> in it each time. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't notice the styrofoam cup on the side. Yeah. yeah, 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 all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay, that. Yeah, but anyway, look, yeah. brilliant short film. Uh, I've now watched it. Love it. Da 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 da. Wonder Woman. Nice. So yeah, all good stuff. Um, let's see. Does that lead us? No, that doesn't lead us into what we're going. This week's going to be quite a French episode, actually. I was trying to find a, a link between Tempot and well, I get yeah, no, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, yeah, no. why don't you just talk about what you want to talk about? Okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, this episode is going to be, have quite a bit of a French theme to it because uh, I'm sort of like slightly obsessed. Not obsessed. I really like French science fiction. And there's there's quite a lot. There's some Japanese stuff in as well. Yeah, yeah. This week, it's it's very subtitly this week. I've done a lot of reading this week. It's quite, <laughs> yeah. it's quite painful with dyslexia. <laughs> but, um, I don't I don't mind. I'm I'm not. I, I don't mind subtitled films. I actually quite enjoy subtitled films. I'd rather watch a subtitled film than dubbed film. Oh no, dubbed films are just evil. Unless unless it's a, 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 a Hong Kong martial arts film that's been dubbed badly. In, in which case, I would rather see it dubbed. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I haven't seen many dubs filmed. We've both lived in, in Italy, and the Italians will watch um, dubbed films all the time. I they watch just... ev everything dubbed it with Italian. And I'm always like, how can you do that? It's, it's completely different. Because the only thing I've ever seen that's dubbed was uh, a, a copy of Old Boy. Yeah, yeah. And it's dreadful. <laughs> it's a completely different film. It's, it's absolute toilet yeah and then and that's convinced me that dubbing films is just bad no no i agree but there's loads of people out there that won't read subtitles if you're somebody who doesn't read subtitles i hate to say this this may not be the episode for you go and listen to one of the previous episodes <laughs> or skip forward because there's a certain amount of subtitles there's, there's there's something in the in near the end oh yeah no yeah, i mean there's definitely subtitles. stuff worth hanging in for but the, you know there's going to be a certain amount of talk that involves subtitles however the first thing doesn't but I need to tell a little story in order to get us to the first one. 
Yeah? Go for it. Once upon a time. No, it's not that kind of a story. Okay, so when I was about 17, uh, so it's about like 1980, 1979, 1980, I went on my first ever foreign holiday. Um, I got a coach to paris with um with uh, two of my mates because i used to i was at that time I was an apprentice working in british steel and uh and oh and these in those days coaches didn't have loos on them by the way so can i just give you a tip if you're traveling on a coach um yeah. uh which doesn't have a loo on it don't drink um a oh, what was it um don't drink a bottle of shinzano bianco <laughs> Oh god! Well, I mean, I don't. I think I think the advice should just be never drink Shinzano oh, Bianco. Oh, it was the cheapest stuff. thing I could find on the ferry. I came very close to refilling the bottle. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, I I work in in the music industry side, and there's there's a thing there's a thing called a trust follow spot, which is. Um, in really big stadium stuff, you'll have follow spot operators, which is a light that follows people around stage. If you didn't know that, it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, and uh, usually they're at the back of the arena and they have long throws and you can and you, you pick up the, the talent. But also there's a thing called a trust spot operator where you climb into the lighting rig on a little tiny, ragged, on a little tiny ladder, crawl along and you get into a bucket seat, like in a racing car, and you're suspended above the crowd. Uh-huh. Now, oh, this is a great story. I, love, I don't know how we got to this, but many years ago, uh, Songs of Praise did a Christmas special. <laughs> with, what, I haven't even got there yet. Um, with a, 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 like an Irish artist called Daniel O'Donnell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Daniel? Yeah, wasn't yeah. he just on Strictly? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got a very interesting fan base, let's say. Um, anyway, so Songs of Praise is at Wembley Arena, the old Wembley Arena. And um, he was in the centre of the arena and the crowd was around the outside and there was lots of ego ramps going up and down and small stages all over the arena. And he'd run up onto one and, and sing a certain song. He was doing lots of walking around. We had to get into the rig an hour before uh, recording. Recording was three hours long. Uh, and then we had to wait for an hour for the crowd to leave before we could get down. So we were up there for five hours. And you're in the lighting rig, which is, is in the olden days, so all the lighting rigs were old park hands, so it's really, really hot. So you go, you wear shorts and stuff, you go up and you take a litre bottle of Robinson's, like, weak squash drink <laughs> with you, right? Yeah, rock and roll. To, yeah, to sip during the yeah yeah, <laughs> and to sip during the during the show because I mean you overheat massively up there. Um, but there is a tipping point where you've drunk so much squash that you need to sort it out, but you've also got quite a lot of squash left. <laughs> so at that point, it's, it's, it is a tipping point where you have to drink the rest of what's left. And then refill your bottle, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and also you have to find an appropriate point during the show where you can come off cans and stop to being a follow spot. So you can, and you're, you're hanging above a crowd in a harness in a, in a little <laughs> like, racing seat. So this is, this is live recorded as well on television. And, um, 
we're doing it and he's, he's in the middle of the number and I'm, I'm on cans to the, the lighting guy who's, who's downstairs and I'm like, um, need to come off cans, I need to sort myself out, uh, I need like, you know, five minutes. Yeah, that's fine, we've got another four guys up in the rig, we can cover it, brilliant. So, shut off my follow spot and I'm like concentrating, so I line up <laughs> and, and like get my chap in there and... As I'm filling, I'm trying to concentrate on what's going on around me. And Danny O'Donnell walks... I'm above uh, one of these ego ramp gantries. And he walks underneath me singing. (laughs) And, like, he's underneath me. And I'm like, oh, shit. But what I haven't been concentrating on is when you jam your cock in a fucking bottle and start pissing, pressure builds up. And And the pressure built up to like maximum velocity and you know when you let you know when you let go of a like a fire hose it popped out and it started and that moment where you can clench your gland to stop yourself peeing there's a good you know it's a good jet of urine i'd say so this tiny jet of urine flew through the air and it i rained a piss on daniel o'donnell on live television for songs of praise, one Christmas. Um, yeah, how did we get here? Well, I was talking about my first holiday in Paris. Oh yeah, yeah, Cinzano. Cinzano on yeah, the bus. So, so, yeah, I'm so really the glad. I... The story. The moral of the story is, like, be really cautious when you piss in a bottle. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, good. And um, yes, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you were heading to uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so look, I got to Paris and we stayed in this really sort of crummy hotel just off the Champs-Élysées. Um, and, you know, did the, you know, the touristy stuff and all of that kind of thing. And at some point I wandered into a bookshop. And because I don't, didn't speak French at the time, I'm only just really starting to get to grips with the language now. Um, I gravitated to what I knew, which were the comic books. And what I discovered was like this kind of like amazing kind of fact because it never occurred to me before that science fiction would look different in a different culture, in a different language. You know, you figure, okay, the language is going to be different. You kind of go, all right, okay, it's going to be French, not English. But it never occurred to me that it would actually look different, that, that their vision of science fiction would be very different from ours. And it was, but it was the stuff that I discovered was just amazingly well-drawn and so dark and so very different from kind of like the Marvel comics that I was consuming. And it really sort of blew blew my mind in lots of... Excuse me, little burp there. Nice. Yeah, really blew my mind in lots of respects. Um, and what I didn't realise is that that was my first kind of uh, sort of encounter with the art- artist Mobius or Mebius. Who's a French comic book, which brings us to the first item I wanted to bring in today, which is a, a BBC Four documentary called In Search of Mebius, which actually you can only find on YouTube. Um, and it's basically um, looking at him and his life, which is really interesting anyway. A, he's an amazing uh, artist. But m- actually, What's really interesting as well is how much work he's done in America and how influential he's been on American films. 
Yeah. Yeah. So for yeah. Instance, I mean, I, I, I didn't, before I watched it, I didn't realise how many things he'd been involved with. I was aware of him as a kind of comic book artist, but I, I really wasn't aware of um, kind of his influence on film more than anything. Yeah. No, no, same here. I mean, like, so there was like stuff that I didn't know. And I, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've liked his work for a long time. But for instance, I never knew before this documentary that he um, did uh, episodes of Silver Surfer with Stanley, written by Stanley. Um, yeah, I didn't yeah. know that he'd like um, ink some stuff for Wolverine. Um, and and that, that was the really interesting thing in, in this documentary was um, there, there was a lot of interviews with other um, comic book artists, American comic book artists, and they were saying how mind-blowing it was when he came over and did the episodes um, of Silver Surfer because his style was completely oh, different. I mean, like, it's, it like that of... stuff. I mean, they've got, they show some frames during the documentaries. His stuff, it just looks amazing. If you think of it... It's beautiful. And it was like beautiful before the work. big explosion into kind of like new look comics where you start to get like really interesting, you know, the really interesting artists coming through and you start to get properly arty comics... But yeah, I mean, yeah. so his stuff was just like revolutionary. Um, yeah, I mean, it was his real name. It's uh, Jean, Jean Girard. Jean Girard. Girard. Yeah. Yeah. Girard. They don't pronounce the final letter. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. On. No. I mean, it, I just think. Well, you saw. I recommended the documentary to you. What did you think? Interesting. I loved it. Yeah, I loved me it. too. I loved every every minute of it. it covers. All the things that I love, and then he's he's a really interesting guy on camera. Um, you know, people were saying nice things about him. That's really nice. But he was his um, input is really interesting in it, and like where he comes from, or what direction his 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 thinking's coming from, is very interesting. And it was it was more finding out that he influenced stuff that I didn't know. I mean, one of my favorite films of all time was yeah, Tron. Yeah. And I didn't realise that he did all the costume design, a lot of the set design. No, I didn't know that either. And also, and that blew my well, the mind. Thing, also, the thing that kind of blew my mind as well was the was the influence that his cartoon strip had on Ridley Scott relating to Blade Runner. Because I because mm. the story yes. I'd always heard is yeah, that yeah. I mean, like, the, the Scott brothers come from Middlesbrough in the northeast, which basically you know is a, a chemical plant with a town attached to it. And yeah. um, and the, the the skyline for Blade Runner was always kind of influenced by where they'd come from. But what I didn't know is that like the other part of it was like massively influenced by the drawings of of Mebius. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it was his idea of a vertical yeah, yeah. city um, that they kind of you know they kind of copped off their cap to really nicked. It's probably the best way. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be really diplomatic then. Played, yeah. paid yeah. homage to. Played homage. Yeah, yeah. To. But I mean, yeah. that's amazing. So I mean, like, a look, he's a really interesting artist, and if you're into comic books, you really should like, you know, look at some of his stuff anyway. But this is a really interesting documentary. Um, well, I mean, to, the, the, a list of like films he's been involved with: Alien, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tron, uh, Willow. Oh, d- Willow, really? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Willow and uh, the Abyss, yeah. and and obviously Fifth, Fifth Element. Element. Where, well, I mean, what an interesting like that film is like is the most French looking science science fiction film I've ever seen because that looks like their cartoon books. 
you know the kind of yeah. aliens but again again his influence with the vertical city is kind of kind of brought into that film as well yeah well i mean the other thing is his influence on artists like geiger who then went on to design alien as well is kind of like massive as well so i mean he is like he is the the pope of comics the godfather of art you know and and i know i mean we've both got we're we're both kind of low scale art collectors in our own way but I've got to say, at the moment, yeah. I'm, I'm, my, yeah. my head's getting back into the idea of collecting art by comic book artists, which I think... He's, he's a good, he'd yeah, be a I great would guy love to pick, to pick up. up some, you know, some limited edition prints or stuff like that. And, yeah. I, you know, I've, yeah, there's yeah. a couple of people I'm looking at at the moment thinking, God, I really love their work. But his stuff is amazing. Really, really. Mm. Just these, like, very intricate pen and ink drawings. Very, very detailed. Um, just gorgeous to kind of uh, look at. So all of that, you know, actually, I do need to have a little rant here. And normally on the show, what we will always do is we will always point you to a uh, completely legitimate and legal version of whatever it is that we're talking about. Because we both, you know, work in the industry. We both like to see people paid and recognised for what they get. Right. But. Yeah, it's it's so hard to monetize what we do anything we do yeah. nowadays, isn't it? Really, that you know, you're getting kind of little kind of you're getting crumbs for yeah. what you do. So it's, I always find it difficult to like you know send people to hooky. Yeah, links exactly. Because you might as well go to the original. Exactly. Source, now this one was you're, made you're by them. BBC Four, by the British Broadcasting Corporation, uh, and I when I found out about this, I immediately went to BBC iPlayer, which is their online repository of the stuff that they make. And it's not available online legitimately through BBC. Yeah, they've got, was it a usual 35-day rule? Yeah, I know. I just kind of, I mean, okay, if there's anybody from the BBC listening, just cut it out, all right? Put your back back catalogue of stuff like this online and just leave it online the way that other broadcasters do. You're a public service broadcaster. Like we pay a license fee, just like put it out there because you, this is not stuff that you're going to be able to monetize later. Well, it's funny you said that. I, I kind of knew you were going to have yeah, this yeah. rant, so I did. I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, there's, there's in the rumor mill. I've heard a couple of things this week that um, the BBC are possibly looking at taking everything that's over 35 days and putting it into a Netflix-type monetized uh, right, okay. um, player because it's the only way that they can kind of bring extra income into the BBC because obviously they're agreeing with the government that they're going to cut their budgets and um, stuff every year and, and all that kind of nosh. Yeah, you know, I, you know um, actually, there's part of me that wants to go down the... Um, uh, the talking about funding of the BBC, but I don't think that could, would literally take up all of the podcast. And I, th- I think that's part of the thing behind it now. I think uh, they would have had the chance a few years ago noticing that everybody else was building yeah. these kind of great back catalogues. And I think they've looked at it, and I think within the next year we're going to hear that, um, that there's going to be a pay Yeah, probably. I mean, like, they'll do that, that to replace their um, DVD sales because DVD sales are in the toilet for most things. Yeah. Exactly. Who owns a DVD player? Anymore? I do. Yeah, but you're oh, old. fuck off. So you, are you going to get angry that, oh, they're not going to print The Independent anymore? No, no, because I don't read The, I don't read the Independent. <laughs> 
Sorry, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Which brings us neat, neatly to Michelle Gondry. <laughs> yeah, right. but oh, you haven't watch. watched this yet. Okay. No, right. I didn't. I it's, I, wa- I watched a lot of stuff this week, and it's the no, one no, that's, that I that's didn't fair get enough. Okay, to. the okay. So Michelle Gondry is obviously already known for science fiction. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, so things like, you know, Eternal Sunshine, um, Be Kind Rewind, which I count as science fiction. Because uh, obviously, like, yeah. you know, he gets electrocuted and, like, goes all thing and that erases all of the tapes. So there's that. You know, so... And it's yeah, a and it's a, you know, so there's well. a lot of kind of... Michelle Gondry has a, has a track record for, for doing that kind of stuff. So um, a couple of years ago, he made a, a, a film in, in French... Um, so it was almost guaranteed not to do well in America, um, but uh, called Mood Indigo, right? Which is um, Mood Indigo is a it's an alternate universe in which Paris is a weird city in which unusual things can happen. I'm trying to find a good way of uh-huh. describing this, and I'm struggling a little bit. You're not going to be able to help a lot because you haven't seen you have seen the trailer though. I've seen trailers, I've seen clips okay, from now, it. Now, yeah. the thing about this film is that, you know, again, if we dive into the, the uh, seven circles of hell, which are the comments section of either Amazon <laughs> yeah. or, or YouTube, this one is a, like, massive crowd splitter. Because on one hand, you get people go, oh, my God, this is the most amazing film ever made. And then you've got other people who go, this is dog shit. This is, it looks like it was made by a film student. It's so fucking bad. So it's like, it's like it's a five-star, one-star film. There, there are no gray areas. Yeah. Nobody went, yeah, well, I could take it or leave it. Um, and I kind of understand yeah. it. I mean, it's got um, that, uh, uh, oh, God, I'm so bad on names. Girl from Amelie, uh, Tattoo. What's her first name? Duh. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, the girl who yeah. w- w- played the lead role in Amelie is in it. Plus, this other very kind of handsome sort of like French actor who's been in loads of stuff as well. I mean, like really, really good cast. Obviously, shot in Paris, which is very gorgeous. Sort of a jazzy kind of um, soundtrack to it. Um, but genuinely, genuinely weird film, right? To the point of view that. The only way I can describe it is if Terry Gilliam and Woody Allen decided to collaborate mm. on a film while stoned, yeah. <laughs> dictating the script, right. and trying to do outdo each other, who who could get the most of their kind of elements in, this is but then made it in French. This would be the film that they made. It's just like, it's like okay. properly, properly bizarre. Now, I really love my French science fiction and I really love my arty films. But I kind of mm. both loved this film and like struggled with it at the same time. And I think what it was is because yeah, it yeah. doesn't feel like a film. It feels like, um, what's the best way of describing it? It's, uh, you just have to go with it and not expect it to be a film as such, and just enjoy all the little moments, even when they're really weird. So what it sounds like is, is like obviously in Eternal Sunshine, you, you get really sucked into the story, 
and the visual effects and all that kind of stuff, uh, you don't yeah. question. So you're not pulled out of the reality yeah. of the film. But it doesn't sound like okay. from from what you're saying that that that, that that's okay. well. The story behind this, this film. film is that when they were making the science of sleep, somebody said to Michel Gondry. Why don't you just make a film where you just let your imagination off the hook and just be completely Michel Gondry? And he went, right. yeah, that's a good right. idea. And then he made this. But the other thing is, is he also wanted to do it without any CGI at all. So everything is done using... Pro- he does everything. Yeah, everything is done anyways, using practical anything. effects. Now, there's some mm. remarkable stuff in this. Like, there's a bit, there's a... A dance that they make up, which is a kind of like uh, uh, sort of a mad fictional dance that people do in couples to jazz music. But when they do it, their legs extend out. So they become like about seven foot long and bendy like puppet legs. Right. So you've got stuff like that. (laughs) And then you've got a a man in a mouse costume who who appears right throughout kind of like in various scenes for no good reason but then as as obviously what happens in the film it's a love story and then i'm not going to give too much away but even if you even if i told you the whole plot like it still wouldn't make any difference but did you i did like the characters i mean i i i struggled with science of sleep I, I, i love eternal and then science of sleep i i loved all the michelle gondry parts of the film all, all of his yeah. effect stuff but I hated the lead character. I thought yeah, he was no. A dick. I mean, in this one, it's like, <laughs> do you know what it is? And I, I really hated him by the end of the film. I was like, "You're really miserable." Oh, well, the yeah, thing is, like though, I mean, this this film doesn't really explore the characters in the same way. The characters are almost like they're almost like children. I mean, they're not children because that would be bizarre. Because, but I mean. They live in almost like this fantasy, make-believe, fairy tale world in which weird things happen. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the weird things are really mm-hmm. lovely things, like they get into a flying saucer in the shape of a cloud that's attached to a crane and they fly over Paris. See, I think that's a bit, a bit much for me. I mean, I, I, I like quite a lot of French cinema. I like, I like some of them. I mean, my, one of my favourite films is La Haine. Um, but... This sounds just a step yeah, too I know. far. Yeah, that's the thing is I do think, I think, I think it's worth watching, right? But mm-hmm. you have to treat it almost as though it's not a film, yeah? Yeah. And uh, what it is I found with it, there were like bits in that film that were some of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in a film ever. And then there were bits yeah. of it that felt really like not held together or badly shot or not cinematic, and it was like it was a really mm. odd mixture where I was struggling between thinking this is really brilliant and amazing, which which parts of it are, and other bits where I was thinking, this looks like not it looks murky and not well shot. Like this is the only shot that you had of this, and you didn't have anywhere else to go with it. Um, but it's like I still kind of I don't know I don't know I just really want to recommend it, but at the same time I want to put a warning label on it that says you'll never see anything quite like this ever again. <laughs> But that's not necessarily a bad thing. Well, I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, because what, what I'm hoping is people will go and, go yeah. and watch it now 
and then both the people that listen to this yeah. podcast can go on, go on to Facebook and tell us. Yeah, no, they that like would be. I would really like to hear other people's opinions on this, especially if you like French yeah. films. I mean, whatever you, if you, if this is the first French science fiction film that you're going to watch, <laughs> do you know maybe there are easier films to break in on. Um, actually, we'll come. Yeah. Uh, we might talk about some of those in a minute. But yeah. For those of you who like your kind of weird, arty French science fiction, I would really love... Or if you like Michel Gondry, if you're already on the Gondry train, right, this yeah. is the bit where you're going through the tunnel with your head out the window um, screaming. Yeah? It's, like, it's an amazing <laughs> film. It is definitely worth watching. Uh, you will. will. I have. <laughs> At some point. Okay. But, <laughs> but I do I think that idea of, like, really weird... Um, Right, we've got. I've got two more films that we want to um, dis discuss. One of, I think we should probably go Tokyo next because that's got the Mi Michel Gondry. No, I, I think I think we should. You should do the next one, which links into the last one because they're both involved. Right. Okay. In okay. Well, you want to do it that way. Okay. Then in that case, right. So the yeah. next film that I want to throw into the mix, and I got to say that this, um, if you you know where you have a, a top ten films of all time, this is easily yes. in my top three. Oh God, no, that's, that's that is high. really, really... If you think about some of the other stuff that's out there, but this is easily, easily in my top three films of all time, and that's including, like, all the Tarkovsky, which I love, my Russian science fiction. This is easily in the top three. And this is um, Holy Motors by Leo Carax. Mm. Um, and, again, French film, very weird and the premise of the film is that you have got a company called uh, uh i think they're called holy motors guys this again my uh, my grasp of detail is phenomenal um but basically you've got a guy who's an actor who's driven around in a white limousine right from situation and he steps in and out of people's lives so he will go and be this person for a while and will go and live their life just as though it was his real life and then he will step out of it and then he'll move on to his next appointment. I mean, I think that's the best way of describing it. So basically, you've got this one yeah. actor who goes through maybe eight or nine different characters and scenarios um, and we see him changing, but as far as all of the people that he interacts with in the real world, he is that person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd never heard of this film until you you asked me to watch it last week. Um, I really like it. It's, it's an amazing film. The um, Dennis Levant, oh, he's who plays, like just so good. Why are French actors so he's good? Such a good actor. He's a he's incredible, and he does encompass each character completely differently. It's just absolutely brilliant, and. Between skits, yeah, almost, yeah. You, he's in the limo, uh, changing his makeup, becoming the next character, and you kind of see that transformation, which is mm. really nice. Uh, it is a really French film. Oh, yeah, film. I mean, it is, like, one of the most French films of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I struggled with it a little bit, because it, it's, it's fairly avant-garde. But amazing, um, and visually, it's amazing. Um, it's beautiful. beautiful. It's beautiful. There's a there's a great there's a great bit in the middle um, where they just have an intermission, which you, you probably yeah yeah. Well, talk I mean, about. it is. I mean, about halfway through the film, like they they actually hold up a sign that says, "Well, we're going to have a bit of a break now." 
And then, like, the main actor just grabs an accordion and starts playing an accordion piece in a church. And in one take, they go from that to him being surrounded by this kind of marching band of people. They just do a song in the middle of the thing for yeah. no reason at all. Kind of a, an, a, it's kind of a, an accordion flash. Yeah, it is. A, that's, ex- that's a really good description. <laughs> but it's amazing, that. In fact, actually, it's, if you, oh, it's even if you it's don't really watch really the good. film, and you should watch the film, if you go, if you put Holy Motors accordion scene in, and if you just watch that, uh, that in itself is just an amazing sequence. But the film itself is just like magnificent. It's just, there is nothing about it that I don't like. It's like it's like nicely weird. It's avant-garde. It's amazingly well written. It's shot so beautifully. Every single shot is gorgeous. It's like really rich, it is, and it is the acting mm. is off the chart. And I mean, okay. So here's the thing, right? People, particularly in the United States, go on massively. They bang on massively about how great English acting is. Yeah, and that is like that is a you know a genuine thing. Oh, English acting like best in the world? No, it isn't. French acting, Mm. best in the world. Uh, I think there are more great French actors than than almost any other culture and and they all like they a lot of them end up working in Hollywood and doing stuff like that people like Jean Reno Gérard Dapadieu like uh yeah, Alain yeah. Uh-huh. on on uh oh god what's her name tattoo oh god never mind uh, oh, Vincent, Vincent, Cassel. Vincent Cassel yeah so you got like you got this like massive tradition of ominously good Right, French actors, and in French movies, mm. they are twice as good as they are in Hollywood movies. Yeah, and I, yeah, I yeah. and it, yeah, that's not sense. just a language thing. I just happen to think that French movies are better written, are more interesting, are less. Well, I think they're yeah, cult- yeah, yeah. culturally as well. It's gonna, it's gonna sit with yeah. the actor. And that's not. I mean, I'm, I love my Hollywood stuff. Right, don't don't make. Mm. I will watch Hollywood stuff all day long, quite happily, and enjoy it, but. French film, but you did start last year going. I'm not going to watch anything yeah. Hollywood or or American for a whole year and last three months. You lasted three, how long? Three months. Three months. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. For my sins, and you, well, you but, know what it was. It's because like it, um, uh, Avengers, uh, uh, Avengers Assemble came out. No, not Avengers Assemble. The, the, I thought I thought it was a really interesting. It was, but I was never because because it meant it meant I it meant I could taunt you for three months because in that three months I was finding loads of amazing Hollywood stuff. I was like, oh, I know you're not, I know you're not watching Hollywood at the moment, but oh, when, when was... you in a year's time when you get off it, you should really see this because it's yeah, yeah. mind blowing. Well, I mean, because the, the ways that I, I ended up cheating so badly. Um, so, for instance, like, yeah. I created a rule whereby I could watch anything providing it was in French because I was trying to learn French at the time. So I watched the, um, I watched the uh, Netflix Daredevil series in French. I still haven't seen that in English. Yeah, but, I mean, that's oh, a conversation right, okay. for a different episode. Um, so, Holy Motors, yeah or no? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I, I loved it. And... Um... I, yeah, like each each character, each mini story, each little bit of yeah. life you step into, it's complete completely different. Some are really confusing. Uh, there's there's one where he picks his daughter up yeah. from a party. 
and like in my head I couldn't work out whether it's the character's daughter or whether his company had been employed and where and yeah, how yeah. did that work and it, that was a real that was a mind well, bender well, that one um no no I was going to say I mean on. like in, in but then you got that really like nice conversation with Kylie halfway through the film yeah <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, like no, no, hold on, like, it's great. Like, so like, it's, it's, brilliant it's French really film, arty science fiction, and Kylie halfway through it. I mean, it's like it's a it's a no brainer. You just have to watch it. It is an amazing film. It, it's just who's your no, favourite character? Okay, well, I mean, you, I mean, that's a that's a leading question because you know that that's going to lead on to the next film. It is. I was my, just sitting there like, shall I, shall I say, well. or shall I say some other character just in order to throw the conversation off? Yeah, well, um, Monsieur Murd. Monsieur Murd, Mr. Shit. But you don't know. No, we don't. No, but I mean, film, but, but that does actually lead on to the third film in, the, in this week's kind of sort of recommendations. And that's um, a, a film called Tokyo, which you'd already yeah. seen, hadn't you? Um, yeah, yeah, but I, I revisited, um, I'd seen it because, like... Yeah, I, like, yeah, Michelle well, Bondi. I mean, I actually, uh, yeah, okay, so Tokyo, um, is an interesting one because it's three short films, uh, one by, uh, Michel Gondry, one by Leo Carax, yeah. and the other one by Boon Joon-ho. Boon, uh, Hoon... Yeah, oh, there you go. Bon. Yeah, sorry about that. Like dyslexia strikes again, and also that's the one I haven't got written down. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah, well done, you. Sorry. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> googling stuff and reading it out. Okay, right. So Tokyo. Yeah. Three, exactly. but the thing about the three short films is they're all set in Tokyo, so that's what links it together. Yeah. So again, it's a, a thing based around a city, but in this case, it's Tokyo, which in itself is sort of interesting. And obviously, uh, Carax and Gondry are both French, which again is like a, but never mind, you know, but still interesting. De Do you know, I'm going to let you talk about this one because I've talked quite a lot so far. I think this is a, if you've, if you've never heard of anybody we've talked about um, on this podcast so, so far, if you've never heard of Michel Gondry, um, if you've never heard of Leo um, Carax, um, this is probably the best place this is to your, start. This is your gateway I drug think. to arty French science fiction. Yeah, yeah. There's, they're like, I don't know, 25, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, minutes yeah, yeah. long each. Manageable. I suppose. And you don't have to watch um, them in order. That's the other thing. No, no, the three, three completely different stories just happen to be surrounding Tokyo. Um, and yeah, they're yeah. all no, that's great. completely Every true. single story is... is Absolutely brilliant standalone. Um, the Michelle Gondry one is incredible, and if you don't watch anything else, um, I think you can Google the transformation um, sequence from Tokyo. Uh, if you put that into YouTube, is I don't want I don't want to spoil yeah, it. Yeah. It's really hard because uh, it's about a, a character that kind of. Moves to moves to Tokyo, and doesn't feel yeah. like she fits in. Then something happens to her, and she fits in. Yeah, in the yeah, that's way. a really good description. <laughs> that you know, you know, and that's what it's. That's what I took from it. It's like she was really struggling. Yeah, yeah, fitting in as a human in in um, in Tokyo, and 
yeah, yeah. transformation happens and she's she has really, an IKEA she's really happy. She, she gets <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna explain that. Oh, that's really good because I really want to talk about something else. Oh, that's okay. Uh, There's a film. I well, I went and saw Deadpool was released two days ago. When you hear this, actually, it may be considerably after the release of Deadpool because we're pre-recording these. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, I want to talk about Deadpool now, and I can't because you haven't seen it. We're on a podcast, and it'd be it'd be massively inappropriate. You had a nice you had a nice time Um, with the pictures. If for any. I had a, probably the best time I've ever had at the pictures. I think it's, I think it's one of my oh, top brilliant. films of all time. It's amazing. It's it's pretty much the funniest thing I've ever seen. Anyway, it's just anybody that has here an IKEA moment oh, okay. will make you laugh. Um, I've got that to look forward to. So yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. So getting back to Tokyo. Get back to Tokyo. Uh, so the Michelle Gondry one, absolutely brilliant. Uh, it's a great transformation, and it's a it's a really interesting gentle yeah, story it's lovely really. it's, it's, i mean it um, is like it's nicely weird but it, it's just kind of it's gorgeous actually he yeah he, he didn't do his usual michelle gondry all bells and whistles and cardboard cars and that kind of thing on it it, it, it was very simple what yeah. he did with this piece and it and it's like yeah it's yeah yeah and I, mean, I mean the girl's like performance was good was really good the, the the actress they cast in it although a little a little wooden in places yeah <laughs> which yeah, takes yeah, on to the second one. one, which is which is a character one, which is just absolutely yeah, yeah. genius. This is the one you have to watch um, because it all revolves around the same character. Yeah, yeah. Just spoke Monsieur, about, Monsieur Murd. Um, from Holy Motors, Monsieur Murd, who, um, yeah, it's his attack on <laughs> Mister. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Shit takes Tokyo. He has his Godzilla moment, brilliant. doesn't he? So, he does. He does. He lives in the sewers and he pops up and terrorises Tokyo, gets caught, um, uh, gets taken to court, and then this other guy who, because he speaks his own language, can translate him, and it just becomes this bizarre, surreal, three-way conversation, mm. which is the best bit of it, I think. My favourite part of the whole piece is is the courtroom conversation between the japanese interpreter and and the judge and everybody in the courtroom um mr shit and his lawyer who can interpret for him so he'll say something really awful (laughs) which he says a few really awful things so you're already aware that's an awful thing but you have to wait 10 seconds while it's translated for everyone to react and that becomes like a little game, and it's hilarious. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a genius. It. It's a genius film. It. And to, to tell us about the, the last one again. And um, the last one is um, Jean Ho Bong, and that's mm. we were talking about this before we um, we came and did this recording. And out of the three, okay. this is my favourite. So why is that? Um, it's just it's a really really nice story about. Uh, it's a story about a guy who's been shut in his house for mm-hmm. 10 years. Um, he's a bit obsessed by folding and stacking Don't things go there. to perfection, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. a family obsession for us recently, which, uh, which yeah, yeah, made, yeah. really made me giggle. Um, so his house is kind of perfect. 
and he doesn't let anybody in. He doesn't like sunlight. He doesn't like contact with people. And then uh, he has a pizza delivered every Saturday. He's a bit mm. little, little OCD. And uh, and he kind of there's an earthquake when this one pizza girl arrives and they have an odd moment. She collapses. And yeah, no, no, yeah, no I don't no, want to no, give no, the whole thing away. Really, going to get a flare There's probably enough there, and it's it's about yeah, it's about him breaking out of being shut away, and then it's about it's about is everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. shutting themselves but, away I mean, really? The, um, but it, it's it's beautifully shot. And it's such a really nice-looking And obviously, piece. The, the irony there is yeah. about, what, uh, six weeks ago, uh, our mum right, rang me up <laughs> and got me obsessed <laughs> in the Japanese art of clothes folding, which is a thing. So, yeah, well, we're all, we're all a little yeah, bit Yeah, 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 but I mean, it's like, it's like con, in, con Mari um, clothes folding system. That may, and, like... She makes her underpants stand up by folding them like little origami. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a video like of her making her underpants stand up. No, no, it's getting worse. It's getting worse because now you just you just said on a podcast that um, my mum can make her pants stand up. No, 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 no. There's a video there's, of my mum's there's pants a, well, standing up. A, there's a video up. of uh, of like Conmari making her pants stand up, but but. <laughs> uh, our mum has done the entire, entire house, including dad's clothes. So now, dad, every morning, now has to un- unfold his pants from the shape of an origami swan. Now, I'm sure everybody listening to this is going to say this and they, they go, oh, yeah, my No, no, trust weird. me, our, our family our is family's weird. Our family's weird. Proper weird, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I've got, I'm obsessed with this I mean, as well now. Like, like, all of my clothes are also fo- folded using the KonMari method. All of my uh, shirts and things stand up or in, are in colour order. I know. Yeah, well, see, I, I can't do that. Is I, I, yeah, all yeah. my things is T-shirts. I probably have over 500 T-shirts. Um, and I've got, a like, an, an, an Ikea, like, Billy bookcase in, in my room. And uh, my girlfriend used to work for a major clothing um, retailer who I'd, I'm not going to say their name because I don't want to give them any advertisement. Um, so she knows how to pick up a T-shirt up by two corners and make it look like it's been presented in a shop. And she's kindly gone through the whole of my T-shirts and done it and then arranged them like you would in a shop. So no, I've got, I've got this to say, your, your display t-shirt display of, is amazing. Of, of, it is a work of art. It is. It's, it's you know what? Actually, it is awesome. geek it's, heaven. Your t-shirt display. It's. It is clothes. It's clothes definitely. Porn. Without any. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it makes me happy. So that's the one reason I haven't, I haven't got into. Plus, I've already got too many weird yeah. OCD things of my own. Like I collect, yeah. I collect Tupperware that nobody nobody's allowed to use, just because I like Tupperware. Um, and I can't go in shops that don't have equidistant yeah. aisles. So, like, if so, like, that doesn't really explain it. There's there's one um, pound shop that I won't go into, definitely near us, because when you walk up and down the aisles, when you walked up and down them all, you end up at the back of the store, not yeah. at the tills, and that drives yeah. me insane. Because that means I've got to walk down the same aisle again and see everything yes. I've just seen. 
<laughs> Which smells yeah, yeah, me yeah. full of hate and anger. So I can't go in that shop. And that's... We do all have our crushes to bear, that's for sure. (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. um, Yeah, yeah, but I like it. Yeah, weird. Okay, which actually, like, you know, uh, in every every podcast so far, we've picked, like, uh, a kind of just a general topic discussion that we were going to throw. And the one that kind of feeds on from the thing that we've been talking about, um, right, because obviously... When people think of Michel Gondry and Leo Carax, um, they don't necessarily immediately think of science fiction. Yeah, uh, they just, well, I mean, yeah. if they're thinking of Leo Carax at all, I mean, but... So the, the, the question we've been kicking around for a while now is that which film director who hasn't made science fiction would you most like to see make a science fiction film? Because it's quite an interesting one. Because, like, loads of directors have, right... But directors who haven't, who really should be making science fiction, I'll let you go first. Oh no, I'll let you go first because I'm okay. just looking at my list. Up. So, like, okay, so <laughs> I have well, okay, because I haven't, I haven't written a list down, so I'm working off a mental list. Like somebody who hasn't made science fiction who should make science fiction. Okay, well, George Lucas le- leaps to mind. <laughs> no, okay, right. No, no, that was a very poor joke. Because, um, but anyway, look. Uh, for me, it's the Coen Brothers. I would love to see a oh, Coen Brothers science fiction. I would really, really, really love to see a Coen Brothers science fiction. Because um, everything they do is just, like, amazing. They've just done so so much kind of good stuff. They are, I think there's talk about them doing a horror um, with Francis McDermott right, as the okay. monster in it, which would be amazing. Um, but I'd really, really like to see them do some kind of like, because I think they would do really good, weird, arty science fiction. But like, it would yeah. be very panoramic. And that's what, like, wide, wide, wide yeah. Shot and I, you know, sci-fi. I could go for some of that actually. That would, that would really. Do you know actually, Coen Brothers science fiction with Billy Bob Thornton in the lead? Because, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, that would be. <laughs> I love that film, but for me, yeah. The Cohen, so, Coen Brothers, what about you then? Uh, see, I go on then. I've got quite a few, but I mean, I think Tarantino. Yeah. Tarantino's never, never done sci-fi. Okay. And I think, I think he he'd do really interesting sci-fi, but I don't think. It's, thing is, I don't think it's one no, of the things that turns it's... him on. And he only he only ever, he only ever does stuff that really turns yeah yeah on, I mean is, yeah because he might make dreadful sci-fi by not understanding the genre. See, people will say that. Dustin well, I mean, or Kill sci-fi. Bill, basically, considering that it was based on comic books. So, um, but it's not though, is it? Uh, it isn't because it's it's more of like his kind of he loves Japanese yeah, yeah. kind of fighting films. Yeah. More than anything else, but Dust Till Dawn. The reason Dust Till Dawn isn't counted is because he only did fifty yeah. percent of the film. So he only did the point up until the titty twister. Is it, is it Robert and Rodriguez took over for the second? Uh, yeah, Rob, Robert Rodriguez took over and did all the monster, yeah. vampiric bit. Of the yeah. film, which is why it's a great film because it is two. Yeah, and then you, know, you have to kind of ask yourself as well where the, where that kind of line between science fiction and horror sits anyway. Whether because the number of times we've had conversations about whether vampire films are science fiction or not is a. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's kind of all getting isn't it? Yeah, I think that now, I think that. It? Oh God, t- 
terrible i saw a trailer for a terrible terrible idea yeah. for a movie makes me want to scratch my eyes out is pride and prejudice no i love that zombies. as an idea i want to go and see that yeah do you i, I don't i want to go and kick everybody doctor that, who's that's involved in it. in it yeah matt smith's got is a role he? in it yeah yeah he oh yes, yeah yeah no i saw it the trailer yeah, I don't know. I don't like those those kind of crossover genre films. It just yeah, I know, I know. I don't. Anyway, anyway, yeah. Go on, let's go. On, let's throw throw another director. Let's do. Uh, make right, fire. okay. So, uh, ah, do you know, I really struggle because most of the directors that I really like have already made science fiction. Um, ah, no, I've got nothing. What have you got? See, there's loads of people that you think, ah, see, I can tell him, like, what was, what was it came up with, uh, Woody Allen. Yeah, but he did but then, Sleeper. But he did Sleeper, Yeah, I know, exactly. I know. I think most people have had a pop at uh, 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 sci-fi. They have, yeah. It's, it's interesting that, that, you, that you get that, that you don't get kind of people who just go, well, I'm a sci-fi director. Um, yeah. Uh, has um, Ron Howard done one? I don't know. That's a really interesting one, so I'll just kind of throw that in. I haven't got IMDb open in front of me. Let's have a look. Ron Howard. But I like Ron Howard. You say there's not sci-fi directors, but I'd, I'd say J.J. Abrams is a sci-fi director. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. I mean, you've got him and you've got... Um... Firefly guy. Yeah, him. Josh, Josh <laughs> Whedon. Josh Whedon. Whedon. Uh, I can't say his name seriously. Mm-hmm. Josh Whedon. Whedon. <laughs> Um, Let's see. Uh, I'd say that definitely. Um, oh yeah, no, he did. Uh, no, wait a minute. No, that's a short. I'm not. Oh no, these are acting credits. I don't want to look at his acting credits. I want to look at his directing credits. See, look, you go for. I was thinking, oh, what about Danny Boyle? But then he's done Twenty Eight Days and later. Sunshine. And he's done Sunshine. Yeah, yeah, which was amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Uh, oh, we we just talked about. No, there was something else. Yeah, yeah, I think that. that I, oh no no no, Ron Howard did Cocoon. Oh, yeah, right. so you can't Which say that he hasn't done something. This is a fantastic sci-fi. Yeah, movie. yeah, no, I'd forgotten that he did that. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, but he's done kind of cutesy science fiction. Oh, go on. I know he did Willow as well. Oh, Jesus Christ! Well, that's <laughs> Clint Eastwood. Clint, no, that would be amazing. Okay, that, that no, no. I think actually, think he, I think he'd make great sci-fi. Clint Eastwood would make proper old-fashioned nineteen nineties sci-fi. You know the kind of sci-fi that used to star Sean Connery. I actually, he'd probably do kind of a little bit like the sci-fi we're going to talk about in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. Let's like cow cowboy sci-fi. Cowboy sci-fi. Yeah. Okay. No, that, that I honestly think that that would be. I think Clint Eastwood would make amazing science fiction. Clint, make amazing science fiction. Like, <laughs> well, he obviously listens. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a yeah. big fan. Big fan. Big fan. Okay. Well. Okay. Um, yeah, I haven't got a lot more to give to that one, actually. I thought, no, I, I think thought, I'm done Yeah, I think, you know what it is? I think we've had that conversation so many times. Mm. Okay, right, so, let me introduce something else, then. Uh, right, okay, so this kind of links to what we've done before. It's a short film, but this is by somebody who's completely unknown. It's by Takahidi Hori, I think. I don't that's probably completely wrong and really insulting. Um, but 
what he is is he's like this Japan, this young Japanese guy who spent four years like making a sci-fi animation called Junkhead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's basically it's a post-apocalyptic world where humans live in infeasibly long lives. And all of the work is sort of supposed to be done by clones, but there's been a massive war and da da da, and all the clones are living in the lower levels. Can I can I read you? Yeah, his, yeah. His, no, his no, story. you do that. I just want to. I just want to read. He's in, on his website. He's got um, notes, uh, and and this is his note for the protagonist, yeah. which which I didn't get from the whole thing at all. So the protagonist he was a dance instructor in human society. What? However, due to the decrease in population, the studio fell on hard times. What? And he had to let it go. He happened to see a want ad seeking members for an underground investigation team and applied. Okay. So that's the back. That's the backstory. I know. I literally, if, you've, if you if you'd seen this, you'd be like. What is that? But that's from his. Okay, like literally, there is no way that you could have worked that out. No, No, literally, there was no because I mean, no, he he never gives any inclination that he's dancey in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) I love it that he's put that. I I love that as well. But he is an amazing guy. He is. But that doesn't. That's not going to help you with. No, no. Basically, I mean, like this guy gets like lowered down into the lower levels. Gets blown up by a missile on the way down, and only his head survives. Right. Mm. So the clony weird things that live down in the inner thing, right? Basically, graft his head onto this little robot body, and the robot has sort of adventures. Yeah, that's kind of it. And it's and it's it's the look of it. It's it's, it's quite dark and creepy. Yeah. Think think um, Geiger made out of plasticine, yeah, crossed crossed with. Um, William Burroughs' The Naked Lunch. Yeah, it's like if Will- Wallace and Gromit did The Naked Lunch. <laughs> <laughs> but really all they good. did was take Gromit's head and stick it on a robot. Then uh, that brilliant. would be kind of... Well, it's claymation. But this guy, he, he, like, he, he uh, put all his own money into it. It took him four years to make the first one. And it's a really, really lovely little film. It's it great. is really, really great. great. And then he did a Kickstarter um, for, to make Junkhead 2. Because, it, I mean, I think it's been quite popular, Junkhead 1. It's had a lot of, yeah. like, a lot of people have watched it. So I think he thought, oh, I'll definitely get like, my second one made. Put up a Kickstarter. Failed to raise the revenue. And now we don't know what's happening with Junkhead 2. I, he's going to be like, sitting he, in the studio somewhere making it. I, I guarantee in about five years' time it will just pop up. Yeah, yeah. Him. I mean, he, he, he he's definitely sitting in a like little room in Tokyo somewhere, living on Raymond and like slowly moving little <laughs> plasticine figures. Just a tiny just amount. Just a tiny amount. Just a fast show sketches. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he. Right. Uh, it is... A, look, because it's like really good animation, really good science fiction. It's nicely weird. And this guy put four years of his life into it. The, the thing I like about it is virtually every single little character in it has character. Yeah, for sure. He's really thought about so this. You've got like the, the big, the guys with the pulled up um, kind of trousers. Oh, yeah, the little like, uh, the little. Or the, like the guards. They look like guys. little crows. 
Yeah, they're like kind of, but they remind me of Vogel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where they're, kind of, they're really stupid and they just bimble around and do everything wrong. It's like every character has has the definite character he's thought about. Even even if they're only in for a couple of seconds as well, is this so like yeah, they're all, yeah. all like he has? And I mean, I I didn't realize until you read that out the extent at which he was obsessed with backstory. Do you I know what? That. I bet all I of his that. pants stand up in the drawer. <laughs> For different reasons, because he's been in the studio for three days and not gone home. Yeah, yeah, but no. Do, uh, do, do you know the other thing it reminds me of? It, it's kind of, cause it, I suppose because it's claymation, it's like, um, it's a bit trapdoor. Oh, yeah. No, no, it has got that vibe. It has got that trapdoor vibe to it. And it's also got little horror elements as well. I mean, it's not, it's like, it's not, it's not a kid's animation by any stretch of the mean. Yeah, don't don't sit your toddlers in front of it. Well, I mean, not unless you want them to be hosting a podcast in thirty years' time. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, look. So, Junkhead One. We say, yeah, go watch that, don't we? Yeah, it's good. It's 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 it's. It's like fun. it's one of those things that really deserves. If we you know if we're talking about new voices of science fiction, this guy is definitely a new voice, and he definitely deserves more recognition than he gets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a like top bloke who who, who really knows how to fondle clay. <laughs> I think it was a real shame that he didn't he didn't raise the money. To yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, um, I agree. I think it, you know, but that wasn't his path, and this is what happens to people out there making stuff sometimes. Which which yeah. brings us quite nicely onto Artie Wanky Short of the Week. Wanky, 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 wanky of the week. week. Now, uh, now see, but it's not wanky, wanky, wanky. But no, it isn't. No, though, actually, is I mean, Junkhead could have been wanky, wank, wank of the week. But it's no, no. Mm. The thing is, okay, this is another short of the week film, and we try, we do try to kind of pick a short of the week film where we can, and like highlight some sort of new guidance. This is a film called The Answer, and obviously, we'll link out. If you're watching us on Acast, well, who distribute us, we love you, Acast. If you're watching on their app. You'll get a link out, um, so you can follow that, yeah. or um, mm-hmm. you can on our Facebook page. We put out all of the the links to all of the things that we've done. So come and join us and like that, and like that. We'll link out to anything that we've talked about in the show. So um, we'll link out to the answer. Now I love this film. Now for once, it's not in black and white. I don't know. No, it's not. It's not in black it's, and, and it's, it's actually not it's not that arty and not that wanky. It's no, actually it's just it's really actually... nice. It, it's very rare that you, you see a concept for a, a, a short or a film that's that's different, like something you've never seen before. And this this caught me. It yeah, yeah, it's really well executed, really well shot, beautifully written, really clever, really touching as well. And the basic premise is a guy has been in a car accident and is dying or is dead, one of the two. Could be either mm. way, dying or dead. At, I took it as yeah, dead. Yeah, okay, I took it as kind of dying. And it's kind of like, you know, the idea is that your life flashes back in front of you as you're dying, that kind of old sort of hackneyed sort of promise. But what he did, he did it differently. He got it so that you can ask any question about your life at all in the moments when you're dying and you can get the truth, the answers. So he starts off by asking who stole his bicycle when he was like eight years old and he gets to see the kid stealing the bike and all of this kind of stuff. Yeah. And he starts asking... Like, like, who broke your binoculars? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and who got blamed for it? I got blamed for it for the whole of my did childhood. You? Yeah, I you did, did it. it. Yeah. 
I know. I got in real Did trouble. Did you real trouble? Massive oh, trouble. Some... Didn't you? Didn't you get them for Christmas? I got like no. I honestly can't remember. Oh, I'm really sorry about that. That's yeah. Fine. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, do you want me to go and tell her? Shall I ring Mum up and tell her? <laughs> she knows. I think. I think we came clean. Oh, right, okay. Point. That's fine. But I. Yeah, I hated that. Okay. Anyway, okay, right, fair yeah. enough. So yeah. <laughs> He finds out who stole his bike, and then he so like then it becomes a bit of a game, and he's like, he goes through a list of how many how how many wanks he had was is one of my yeah, yeah. favorites. And, yeah, so and how many people he'd kissed, and then it gets a little bit more serious. He starts asking more serious questions about his life, and that's where it becomes interesting and quite a touching story. Yeah, yeah. Really. It's like it's a love story, really, but it's a love story that's kind of like yeah. kind of gone wrong. It's about regret and missed opportunities and stuff like that. But it's beautifully yeah. done. It's really, it's like beautifully shot, beautifully acted, beautifully written. It is flawless as a film, in my opinion, as a short. I mean, you wouldn't yeah. want to see it as a feature. But I'd really no, like to see. I, actually, do you know? Actually, I did no background research on this film at all, so I can't tell you who made it or which I normally do on this thing. Um, all I, you know, the thing about this one is I just love it as a film. I would li- really like to see whoever made this go on and just do what we will do is we will link out to whoever made it. We'll link out to their website and stuff. It's uh, Michael Good. Michael Good. Okay. Well, Michael Good, you're an immensely yeah. talented filmmaker, and we love your work. And I would love to see whatever features you made, and I'd like you to have a massive career. And it, and and like kind of the, the strapline for it is like in death, a man finds that his past life is easily accessible. Um, search engine of information and yeah, memories. yeah, that's a really good description as well. Yeah. No, and it yeah. it's just kind of um, it's just awesome in so many ways yeah just a... yeah it's good i enjoyed it i enjoyed yeah, it yeah. I, I did it's not what i expected yeah i know because i mean like I, I have thrown a lot of black and white weird arty wank at you in the like arty wanky short of the week but i thought we'd have a check because actually there's been so much arty wank in all the other stuff that we've done it kind of this yeah, is it's, this it's, is yeah. like the uh the sorbet right just a, the the mish, mish. just to cleanse your palate like at this point in the show yeah, just, just before. before. No, no, no. The last, the, the last thing isn't that one. No, it is right. Okay, so let's move on to the last time because we are uh, we're an hour and eleven in. Right. Okay. Cool. So yeah, but this definitely we need to wrap it up with this last. Okay. So the last one again is like something that we're going to go back to the French film, finish on this. But this is a web series, and it's called uh, La yes. Dernière Série Avant la Fin du Monde, or um, mm-hmm. the last series about the end of the world. Um, yeah. Okay. Right. Uh... <laughs> I I found this. I watched this and found it really difficult because it's all in French. Yeah, yeah. So I tried something that didn't help at all. So like in <laughs> <laughs> in YouTube, you can um, put auto translate on and get it to translate subtitles for you. Yeah, that didn't help. No, no, no. And there's a very good reason for that. Okay, so let me just explain what it is. La Dernier Série Avant La Fin du Monde is uh, made by a company, I think they're called Golden Chicken or something like that. They make loads and loads of web series. Web series in France is a really big deal, right? So they make mm-hmm. loads of web series. Um, and well-made ones as well. I mean, it's a really nice-looking web series, yeah? Yeah, it looks yes. like proper telly. But they're five-minute episodes set in various sci-fi trope, horror trope, 
apocalyptic scenarios uh, in which three geeks in this geek bar, this French geek bar, um, defeat either zombies or the blob or whatever particular kind of apocalypse it is, is at any particular time. And there's a pattern to yeah. the episodes, like the same things happen in every episode. They're always sitting in the bar at the beginning and then there's always a mm -hmm. news item and then two guys come in and then they look out the window and realize there's some kind of either zombie apocalypse or blob or then they run up and they make a plan and then they execute the plan and it goes wrong. But in the end, they kind of solve it by, you know, some weird means. But it's absolutely yeah. loaded with sci-fi geeky references to comic books and films and and horror and all of these kind of things. None of which. So, so similar sort of thing is spaced always crammed hundreds. It's of like, like kind yeah, of it nod, actually it's very and... like spaced. It's like spaced in French, compressed into five minutes, but where it's all based around this like one story told over and over and over again. Now, yeah, I mean, yeah. I discovered this again, like I know I bang on about my holiday in Nice, but it was a very good holiday in Nice. Um, I was looking for um, comic books to help myself learn French. And I found this one mm -hmm. and I thought, oh, this looks really good. It looks really funny. So I got it and started reading it. And then I realized that the comic book, the graphic novel was a graphic novel of the web series. So I found the web series through the graphic novel spinoff. And I think oh, right, okay. I probably got the only copy of the graphic novel in the UK. I mean, if somebody else has got one and they want to go, oh, no, I've got it as well and I love it. But I've yet to meet anybody else who owns a copy of La Denis Syria Avant La Fin du Monde graphic novel. Um, and which is your perfect It is, your perfect it is my scenario. perfect scenario. <laughs> <laughs> but... I sit in, sit in my cave and stroke book. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, kind of. My precious. It's my only one. It's my precious. <laughs> and it's in French. Oh, le precious. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that's okay. That's all right. Look, so what it is, um, is they're funny. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. See, a lot. And they're funny if you if you yeah. speak French. But the thing, the reason that the auto, because like, <laughs> I mean, the uh, Google, uh, not Google, the YouTube auto translate for most stuff is pretty good. So I mean, I've watched loads of yeah. TED talks in French where I've I've kind of flipped it over into English because I wasn't sure that I was completely understanding, and it normally manages to cope. Yeah, see, I, I didn't discover it. Until but the this problem week. is, is that it can't cope with this particular thing. Is because it's full of things like Luke, I killed your father, or Luke, I am your father, and like just like loads, and it's like loaded with stuff where the, the where it just doesn't translate that well. So actually, if you don't speak French, just reading the subtitles is hilarious. Um, yeah. yeah. So. So yeah. you watched it and didn't get it, but it's well made. But I can see, I can see that if you speak French, if you speak French, funny, it's hilarious. This? And I mean, they've got loads of nice uh, conceits in it. Like they've got a thing, like they put fake adverts in the thing. I don't know whether you noticed, like for the big red button. Yeah. And occasionally yeah, yeah, they yeah. will solve the button, the problem by just by hitting the big red button, and it just solves everything. If they've written them, if they've written themselves into a corner. They will hit the big red button and it solves the problem. And by far, I mean, I know these are spoilers, but I mean, it's five minutes long. And 
I'll, I'll give you one, only one spoiler. When they're attacked by the blob, they end up turning him into desserts and eating him in the cafe with cream on. <laughs> Which is the funniest and the most French solution to the blob ever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. Why not? This is good. Um, so we spoke. We, sp- we, we have actually. We have done we loads, loads, but it's. We've talked about um, uh, BBC Four documentary uh, about yeah, yeah. Mobius, the uh, comic book artist who's who's done loads of like costume and set design stuff on amazing sci-fi Hollywood films. Go and check that out. Um, we'll put all the links on the Acast. We've talked uh, about Mood Indigo, Gondry. which is. Yeah, Michelle Gondry um, Which is movie fantastic. and ha- but which is fantastic and diff- difficult. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you really time. have to kind of like just like sink into it and let it and go with that one. It's like it's not one. If you go there expecting to be entertained, you will be disappointed unless you can take pleasure from the in the little weird moments. And if you're able to do that, it's a great film. We've talked about um, Leo Crax's Holy Motors, which is like it one is of your one of my favorite films. films. It's an amazing film. Like we're beautifully acted, beautifully shot. Like great little stories. I mean, there's nothing not to like about that film. And we talked about Tokyo, which is again, it's a, uh, three shorts films about yeah. Tokyo. One, one done by Michelle Gondry, one done by um, Leo Crax. And the other one done by Hoon Ho yeah, Bong. Yeah. And we, um, definitely, definitely go yeah, watch yeah. that because it's three half an hour shorts. Um, and if you've heard of none of these people, it's a, it's a great entry yeah, yeah. Um, way into their kind the, of work. Uh, let's see. Uh, we'll put tr- uh, links out to trailers on the Facebook page for each of those. Uh, Holy Motors, I think, and Mood Indigo, I think, are both available on Netflix. I think. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't know uh, that. Um, okay. Tokyo, I don't think it is, although I haven't searched for that. Um, but either way, da 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 da, all good stuff. You'll 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 find ways to go. You'll definitely and, find and ways that. to get it, it, and just like definitely worth doing. Junkhead by Junkhead uh, by yep. Takahidi uh, Hori. Uh, I hope that's how we pronounce his name. But yeah, I was I was looking forward to not yeah, yeah, saying yeah. that okay. one, which I didn't have uh, to. We'll, <laughs> well link done. out to the full version of that and also out to his website. Uh, and he's just an amazing animator. And Junkhead is like just a delightful half hour, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. It's yeah, like... it's 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 it's, dev- it's it's so worth watching. And then also, uh, um, Michael Goods, which is like a, one of the from... short of the weeks, which again we'll link out to. Yeah. We'll also try and find his website if he's got one, and we'll link out to that because again, we love that film. Uh, really lovely. That's about ten fifteen minutes of your life that you won't regret spending on watching a film. No, and good. then That's finally, really, really if you're uh, a geek, massively geeky, and can also uh, have a base, you don't need massively impressive French, but like basic French, uh, Le Dernier Serie Avant La Fin du Monde, which are like seven episodes, five minute episodes about apocalypses in a bar saved by geeks, full of geeky references, very funny, very well made. And if you own a copy of the graphic novel and you live in the UK, Get in touch with me. Clive's coming to <laughs> kill you. <laughs> Send me your address, stabby, stabby, stabby. Let me know so I can come and fox your cover. 
It's a, it's a bookseller's term, like whether the cover's slightly damaged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, I, I just, uh, my yeah mind no, no, no. Then. No, it's like, no, no, no. That's a completely different episode. Right, okay. So, yeah, pretty good episode, I think. Loads of interesting stuff. Yeah, it's been a bit arty, been a bit wanky, been a bit French this week. Well, normal service will be resumed um, in the previous and next episodes, and we'll... <laughs> it will... <laughs> No, it has been, been good. I've I enjoyed mean, it. The thing is, I love this kind of stuff, and I think you know, if you've never what, if you've never ever read a Mobius strip or never seen any Mobius uh, artwork, just like Google, Google this stuff. Have a look, get little tastes, yeah. see whether you, whether it's your kind of thing or not. If it's not your kind of thing, that's fine. If it is, give it a go. It's a beautiful world out there, the world of weird French science fiction, and I love it very much indeed. Okay, right. Should we uh, should we just go, say goodbye to the nice ladies and gentlemen? Bye. Yeah, bye. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to this show. And now, uh, just a quick chat about how you can communicate with us. So this show works best if um, if we hear from you. If you've got any great stuff that you want us to hear about, or any comments about the show, or you just want to chat with us about what you've heard. Get in touch, and I'm going to give you a couple of ways in which we can do that. The first thing is um, we're distributed by Acast, who are just a wonderful distribution company. And um, if you download their app for your phone, you get all of the links and other rich sort of content that we can add in directly onto your phone as you're listening so like links out to other stuff and it's all really really good and we highly recommend that people use the Acast app for listening to us but I mean if you want to use iTunes instead that's good for us too um, if you want to uh, find links to ever anything that we've discussed in this show then there are a few ways we can do that uh, one of which is we've got a Facebook page called NVSF New Voices of Science Fiction. You should be able to get that by searching uh, for NVSF New Voices of Science Fiction. Uh, we are also on Twitter. Uh, we are at NVSF Pod. Um, so uh, hit us up, join us on Twitter, join us on Facebook. And um, finally, if you just want the information and not uh, not so big on the social side, uh, I've also got a Pinterest page with all of the links for stuff that shows up in the show. Um, the best way to find that is to do a search for me. Uh, my name is Clive Frayne, spelled F-R-A-Y-N-E. And one of my uh, boards is called uh, NVSF, New Voices of Science Fiction. And just follow that board and then you will get anything, any new links that we find that we add in, you'll find there. So do it. Stay in touch, communicate with us, make the show richer and better by joining this little community. And uh, look forward to speaking to you soon.